PSOS radio podcast. Life issues, artist interviews, and faith. Downloading. Downloading. Now. We're talking to Stephen Curtis Chapman today on SOS Radio. Happy Easter week. How's March been treating you so far? You know, March has been treating me great thus far. It's been good. We're still kind of waiting for spring to make its way here to Nashville, Tennessee. But it's trying. It's it's making an effort. But I'm kind of excited. It's uh, I had a new record I've been you know, working on for quite a while and waiting and waiting and waiting to finally get it out to folks and release it. And finally, March came around and, and the record's out. So I'm excited about that. New beginnings, you know, new blossoms for spring from Stephen Curtis. So it's good to get a chance to share a little bit with you. So do you ever feel like you're in trouble when someone you don't know yells out your full name like, Stephen Curtis Chapman? Oh, absolutely, yeah. When I first started, you know, I, I adopted that full name because there was a Steve Chapman, Steve and Annie Chapman, who uh, write songs and play music and do a lot with James Dobson and focus on the family and all of that. But when I first came to town in Nashville and started writing songs and working, you know, in, in the music business, people got me confused. Even though he's a little older than me, people were always kind of going, now, is that the Steve Chapman? Is that a different Steve Chapman? So the only name that I could come up with that felt somewhat natural rather than just changing my name was to use my whole name, Stephen Curtis Chapman. That's that's where it began. But I used to say it took me quite a while to get used to hearing people say my name and not thinking that my mom was in the audience and I was in trouble for something. Because as soon as I heard, please welcome Stephen Curtis Chapman. You know, my immediate thought was, Oh man, I'm in trouble. What did I do? I didn't. I didn't take out the trash. Something. Something's up because mom's here. But I've gotten over that now. I've finally gotten gotten used to hearing all three of my names. <laughs> yeah, after three decades of doing this, it finally rubs off, huh? Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we've been taking some time over the last few weeks to really reflect on the significance of what Jesus did through the cross as we're approaching Easter here. And over the years, what's God showed you about the power of the resurrection? It has obviously been a part of my story and my life. It has been my life and my story for, oh, 40 years because I became a believer when I was about eight years old. But particularly eight years ago when our youngest of our six kids, our daughter Maria, went to be with Jesus. That was truly, you know, when our first Easter, our first Christmas was almost unbearable, but so significant, too, to be, for the first time, fully aware of how desperately we needed to know that God was with us, that Emmanuel had come, that God had come to be with us. And then when that first Easter rolled around, it was, you know, the truth of the resurrection, the hope that we uh, had held on to and have held on to just celebrate the fact that our Savior conquered death and the grave and that we have this hope, you know, that he has gone to prepare a place for us and all of that, as many listening to me right now can probably relate to because if you have someone dear to you, a family member, especially a child, but a spouse or even a parent living in heaven and the hope of the resurrection is the anchor for your life, it's become more precious, more desperate for it than ever before. So thankful, just so grateful, so thankful. And really it is what, you know, has kept me not just breathing, but but then singing and writing songs to keep reminding my own heart of it as well as encourage others that I might get a chance to sing to with with my songs that that it's true and that that he has conquered death in the grave he is mighty to save and he knows the plans that he has for us and all the truths of his word that they are true 
We're hanging out with Stephen Curtis Chapman today at SWS Radio. And a couple of years ago, he recorded his first worship album. But coming up next, Stephen's going to talk about the heart behind worship and how praise and thanksgiving actually play a big part in that that we miss. Current events. Cutting edge. Faith. It's, it's awesome. Encouragement on the go. <laughs> it's the SOS Radio Podcast. We have Stephen Curtis Chapman spending some time with us today on SWS Radio. And Stephen, thanksgiving and praise are such an important element in shifting our perspective back towards hope. And ultimately, that's what the heart of the Easter story is all about. It is. I know it's crazy. It's hard to believe after, you know, 30 years almost now of doing this and about 23 records. Now, you know, for me, I, I have to say that, and even some have asked, like, well, you know, I've heard a lot of worship music in your music over the years, and I would say every song I've written has been a worship song at the heart of it because it's a song about coming to know more of who God is, of, you know, who we are to Him and, and in relationship with Him. And so in that sense, even if it's I Will Be Here or Cinderella, you know, if it's a song about loving my kids well, loving my wife well, that's a worship song. That's how. That's what it means to worship God with our lives. But to write songs that are specifically written with the idea of declaring the truths of God's Word, of His promises, to sing them in a corporate voice with other believers to say, we believe God is good, that God is God, that He's with us, that He is for us. And and to agree with what he has said, you know, to me, that's ultimately what worship is, is saying, God, this is what you said, so I'm going to agree with it, and I'm going to speak it, I'm going to sing it, I need to hear my own voice say it. To me, that's what the power of, you know, those kinds of songs have meant to me. They've kept my faith, my heart alive, and, and it's not an overstatement to even say they've helped keep me alive in these last seven and a half, almost eight years, as we walk through the darkest places in our journey as a family. Having songs like my dear friend Matt Redman's song, Blessed Be Your Name, you know, taken from Job, where Job just says in the darkest moment of his life, God, you give, you take away. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to trust you. And those kinds of songs and truths were so, so powerful, so life-giving for me and have been, have continued to be in my journey, that that's really what kind of compelled me to want to write these songs, to just give my brothers and sisters kind of standing on either side of me on the journey some more truths, some more songs to sing, God's truth set to music to say, hey, let's declare this together. Let's let's proclaim this together. And, you know, because something happens, you kind of hit on it a minute ago, I mean, the power of when we worship, and I, I discovered this again, even, you know, in my journey of the last few years of looking at the life of Abraham even, and Scripture talks about it in the New Testament, of how, you know, he grew in his faith as he gave praise, as he worshiped God. It's often, I think, you know, well, I'm, we worship after God has done something profound and after we've seen some great revelation of God, then our response is worship. What I'm coming to understand more and more is that as we choose to say, God, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to bless your name, I'm going to worship you, whether I can see it, whether I feel it, regardless of my circumstances, I'm going to declare this to my own heart, and I need to hear myself say it and, and proclaim it. Then our faith grows, and actually we believe more as we worship. That's been an interesting thing for me, and really is in a lot of ways why the title of the record even is Worship and Believe. You know, sometimes even in that order, you know, there's an amazing thing, you know, that happens in our in our lives as we choose to worship and bless God and trust Him. 
We're talking to Stephen Curtis Chapman today at Eswis Radio. We're going to go a little deeper in what it means to declare the truth of God's Word and agreeing with that in your heart and in your head. It's coming up in a few minutes on Eswis Radio. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through sosradio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh. We're talking to Stephen Curtis Chapman on SOS Radio this morning. And a few minutes ago, you mentioned how declaring the truth of God's Word and agreeing with it from my heart to my head, you know. Was there ever a declaration that really caught you by surprise as you started writing and recording these new songs where it was like, you know what, this is what I need to say more because maybe it's more lip service than (laughs) heart knowledge coming out? Well, I mean, I think for me, the whole process, uh, so much of, you know, of worship, and it is reflected, I think, really all throughout so many of the songs that I can't say it was like, I didn't understand this. I would say it was more the depth of it, the depth of realizing that by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, that that is actually so true that, you know, the enemy is defeated by the word of our testimony, by declaring what's true and proclaiming it. And I think I knew all those things, you know, I, I, I knew it was good and important to worship God, but I think to even begin to understand the Psalms in a whole new light and realize that so many of those great Psalms, David wasn't just in a wonderful, warm, fuzzy place of saying, you know, God, your love is better than life. I feel it. I, I'm just, you know, out of the overflow of this great experience of your love, I'm saying these things. It was actually many times right on the heels of David saying, God, how long are you going to forget me? You know, how long, oh Lord, are you going to forget me forever? You know, he's he's feeling forgotten. He's feeling alone. He's desperate. He's hopeless. And yet he chooses to say, but your love is better than life. This is what is true. This is what I'm going to anchor my heart to. You know, what's even greater than my experience right now at this moment or my feeling or what I can comprehend or understand. I'm just going to proclaim what I believe to be true about you. And there's so much power in that. And I've really, I've been, you know, amazed to just come to the realization of that and, and my own experience, my own journey, you know, in, in those darkest places. And, and now that, you know, again, to just being able to keep singing and, and sharing those truths. Stephen, did you feel more like David as you were writing these songs, or did you feel more like Rich Mullins as you were going to write these songs? <laughs> Probably a combo of, of both those guys. Certainly a lot like David, you know, in connecting with a lot of the how long, oh Lord, but then this is what is true. I'm going to declare it and proclaim it. And I really think that's part of what we have all been drawn to with, with our dear departed friend, Rich Mullins, is that he did the same thing. I think there was so much, you know, there was a lot in his his music that said, life is hard, there's much here I don't even understand. Hold me, Jesus, you know, because I'm, I'm afraid and I'm confused, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to, you know, God, you're my God, and, and I will ever praise you. I'm going to seek you in the morning. I'm gonna, you know, those, those declarations, if you know Rich, you know, he wasn't, you know, having warm fuzzies when he was singing it. He was proclaiming these things believe this is true so I'm going to sing it and uh, I'm going to declare it so I think there's a little bit of both those guys in these songs 
We've been chatting with Stephen Curtis Chapman this morning on SWS Radio. If you want to dig back into some of his worship music, that album he was talking about is called Worship and Believe, released a couple of years ago. SWS Radio. You're good to go. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star rating in your app store. The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.